This is a special edition of Faith in Action entitled Sons of Melchizedek, where we welcome priests from the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana to tell us their vocation stories. We are so grateful to and thankful for our priests as they serve us and bring us the sacraments daily. Before we introduce today's special guest priest, we'd like to pray for you, Father. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of our priests. Through them, we experience your presence in the sacraments. Help our priests to be strong in their vocation. Set their souls on fire with love for your people. Grant them the wisdom, understanding, and strength they need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We ask this through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns as our eternal priest. Amen. This is Gordon Smith, and I am interviewing today Father Joshua Janko from the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. And Father Janko has been a priest since 2006. Welcome, Father Janko. How are you today? I'm great, Gordon. Thank you for having me on today for this wonderful radio program about priests and vocations. Right. This is Sons of Melchizedek program. So what we do here is we kind of ask questions and get some answers out of priests about uh, what caused them to want to consider the priesthood and what things happened or didn't happen in their early lives that pushed them over the finish line, so to speak, uh, and get, uh, get them into seminary. But before we do that, let me uh, double check with you also, Father. Are you have a preference on how we address you? Father Janko or Father Joshua, which is your preference? Uh, preference, I would say Father Joshua, but I will be, I would go by Father Janko as well. <laughs> okay. I'm going to call you Father Joshua today in this interview, and maybe I should be calling you something else because you are a military person. Uh, you have a rank in the military in the Air Force, don't you? Uh, yes, Gordon. I'm a captain in the United States Air Force, so I'm a, I'm a chaplain. And uh, so I, of course, go by many names. Um, We say that I'm a chaplain to all and a pastor to some. Well, thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for your your service to our diocese and to um, Catholics everywhere. Because I think what you said to me before the interview started was that the archdiocese for the military services is really considered a worldwide diocese. That's a, a lot of territory to cover, isn't it? Yeah, the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA, encompasses the globe, so we call ourselves an Archdiocese Without Borders, and basically our diocese touches wherever our military members are serving. So that could be stateside, overseas, in the middle of one of our oceans, on a ship. So yeah, we're we're all over the place, and uh, we have military members serving all over the world, so that's where chaplains are needed, especially on deployments as well. The status that you hold with the Lafayette Diocese, Bishop Doherty, is that you are sort of on loan to the military diocese, is that right? Yes. Since 2012, Bishop Doherty's given me permission to begin military service. So for four years, I was in the Air National Guard up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, while I was also serving at Garen Catholic High School. And then in 2016, Bishop Doherty gave me permission to serve on active duty, so basically releasing me uh, indefinitely to serve active duty for the Archdiocese for Military Services. So um, that's what I've been doing for all these years. And what does that all entail, then, on a typical 
Saturday night vigil or Sunday morning, um, or, or what? what is mass time for you? Oh, yeah, so at Barksdale Air Force Base, uh, we currently have uh, Sunday morning mass at 9 a.m., and I have confessions before mass. Uh, I do not currently have a vigil mass, but there has been that in the past here. Uh, so mainly uh, Sunday mornings keep me busy with mass, and then after mass we have religious education for the children, and we have adult faith formation. Uh, once a month we have some Sunday fellowship opportunities, and then this past Friday actually we hosted one of our auxiliary bishops, uh, Bishop Buckin, who came in for a pastoral visit and confirmation. So we had three of our young people receive the sacrament of confirmation. So by young people, do you mean these are uh, children of active duty uh, military there at Barksdale? Correct. Yeah, we have three three young men um, receive their sacrament. And in fact, one of the young men named Jacob, um, I actually served uh, and met his family in Japan when I was there from 2016 to 2018. And then his dad got restationed here in Louisiana. So when I got here, um, I reconnected with that family, and their son was getting ready for confirmation. And Jacob asked me to be his sponsor. So I thought that was very, very amazing. <laughs> well, that's really cool. I, I, you know, you have your favorite priest that you follow around, but halfway around the world is a little bit long, Father. Yeah, yeah. So how how do the records how, do the record of that um, confirmation stay with the uh, archdiocese for the military services USA or does that go to a local parish? How does that work? Yeah, so basically the difference with the archdiocese for military services and one of our civilian dioceses is in the archdiocese for military services, the priests prepare all of the sacramental records and those are actually pushed to our office in Washington, D.C., where we have a Sacramento Records Department. So it's a little bit different because in the civilian diocese, each parish keeps their own Sacramento Records. And then, of course, the diocese kind of keeps tabs on all of the parishes under the diocese. But for us, we record them, you know, at our duty station, and then we upload those and those go to Washington, D.C. I see. That's an interesting way of having to do business, but uh, it's, I can see how that works now. What are some of the unusual things that you encounter as a pastor in, in the military? Um, yeah, there is kind of um, a couple of different variations of <laughs> what my day might look like as a military chaplain, because I'm, in one moment I'll be wearing my Catholic priest hat and I'll be taking care of a Catholic uh, service member or one of their family members, uh, celebrating daily Mass, hearing a confession. Um, I'm preparing a couple of families for um, marriage. And, um, you know, so I have that kind of part of what I do for the military. That's what um, I'm very thankful to do that. But I'm also a, a chaplain that I can actually go and visit people in their workstations and check on them. Um, I'm actually the chaplain to the mission support group at Marksville Air Force Base, which has six squadrons, so I keep quite busy. So even today, uh, I had to return a vehicle to our vehicle operations 
And uh, after I turned in the keys, I was able to go around to the, all the workstations and visit my airmen and see how they were doing and check on, checking in with them. And so that's one of the things I really enjoy as a military chaplain. I get to go into people's workstations and get to engage them on what they're doing each day and support them there versus as a civilian priest, a lot of your work's done at the parish and people are a lot of times coming to the parish for their spiritual formation. Um, I'm able to kind of go out and to do th- to do that in, in people's worlds, if you will. I see. That is uh, interesting. You can be out in the world, um, but not of the world, and you get to go out and, and meet your parishioners, the public, where they work. Yep, because I wear the same uniform they do, and so that's, you know, the common bond that we all share. We're all kind of working towards a mission, and that's being um, kind of uh, of service to our nation, and it's an honor to do it. So Now, Barksdale, Air... Uh, is it an Air Force base, or is it a joint um, military operation? Our base is uh, Air Force, um, but Barksdale does also host Global Strike Command and 8th Air Force, and we also have a reserve uh, uh, base that we support. So it's a pretty big base. We have B-52s here, and, um, yeah, it's uh, there's always something going on, so... I'm sure. Sounds like it. Let's go into your vocation call just a little bit. You are a local, uh, what I consider local. You, you went to Carmel High School. You are on the uh, cross-country running team for Carmel. In fact, I don't know if it's still there, but a few years ago, there's a running shoe store in Carmel, and there's a, a big poster of you on the team while you are in high school on the cross-country team. So you're homegrown to... Hamilton County. Tell us what you did in in high school and then on to where you went to undergrad. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I moved to Indiana when I was about seven years old, and I went through Carmel Clay Schools. I received my sacramental formation, sacraments formation at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, and um, uh, got really involved with um, uh, high school youth ministry at Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Carmel, Indiana. And I think seeds, some of the seeds from my vocation kind of were planted even before I went to college in my junior and senior year of high school. But yeah, I was very involved in Carmel High School athletics. I ran cross country and track and uh, just got the great experience to uh, learn uh, sportsmanship and being a good leader and being a part of a team and work ethic, working hard towards goals, et cetera. And uh, so after high school, um, I ended up going to Anderson University to study elementary education, following in the footsteps of my sister Kelly and some of our other family members who were teachers. Um, So that's kind of what I pursued for my college years. And after college was really when I was pursuing finding a teaching job but that's also when God was knocking on the door of my heart to consider the sacrament of holy orders to consider being a priest. So, so when you were an undergrad in Anderson, mm-hmm. and that was it's not a Catholic institution, but they are—it's a religious institution, Church of God, I think. Um, yes. 
were you able to share your Catholic faith in the undergrad side? Up there? Um, yeah, I, I certainly remained um, Catholic through my college years. I will say there were some times I didn't feel very much support uh, just because I was at a minority there. Um, Church of God out of Anderson, Indiana. Uh, they call themselves a movement, not really a denomination. Uh, but from that experience with a different faith group, um, I, I believe my worldview opened up a little bit more, which serves me very well right now uh, in a, as a military chaplain, because a lot of the chaplains in the military are, you know, I think next to the Catholic religion, um, many of the different Protestant um, denominations and faith groups um, are represented pretty well in the chaplain corps. Um, so I so I got to know, you know, their spirituality, you know, what is it? What does it mean for them to have a daily prayer life and a relationship with God? Uh, obviously, they hold the sacred scriptures in high esteem. So I think I grew as a Catholic Christian being in that place. But I will say there were some days I got pushed back. I got, you know, mistreated a few times. But I think it made me stronger and um, I'm grateful for that experience. Well, good, Father. Thank you for that explanation. Uh, we're interviewing today Father Joshua Janko. He is originally from Carmel. He is in the uh, Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana, but on loan to the military right now and will be for the foreseeable future. So we'll be right back. An interview with Father Trenton Rauch and his story on how Catholic Radio influenced his vocation. I was not struck uh, by lightning and knocked off my horse. I had a lot of time driving in the car listening to the radio, and I just got to a point where I would prefer to listen to something that would be in intellectually stimulating. And um, at the same time, I was learning about the faith, particularly the apologetics. Catholic Radio. Building faith. Building vocations. Welcome back. This is Gordon Smith, and I am interviewing Father Joshua Janko today. He is in the Lafayette Diocese, or the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana, on loan. Uh, he is the nearest city where he's at is Shreveport, Louisiana, and that is Barksdale Air Force Base. He is on loan from our diocese to the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, which is a worldwide diocese. It's just beyond my scope of imagination. Uh, but we thank him for both his military service and for his service to the church as a priest and his vocation. So, Father Jenko, are you? We were just talking before the break about your college, and you were in Anderson, Indiana. Uh, did you date when you were in high school or college? Yeah, Gordon. Um, I, yeah, in high school and college, I did date a little bit. Uh, I think again, most most people, you know, the natural vocation, uh, you know, is towards marriage, and so that definitely was on my radar. Um, and uh, I had some wonderful relationships, and um, even into college, I think at one point I was kind of thinking, hmm, maybe this one girl I was dating, you know, if she's the one. And she was not a Catholic Christian. She was of a different uh, Christian uh, denomination. She was um, the daughter of a pastor. And um, I, I do remember discerning and uh, talking to her about marriage, etc. And I wasn't willing to change, and neither was she. So you can tell how, 
um, that relationship didn't go much further, but, you know, remained friends with her after that. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that I listened to the prompting to the Holy Spirit to take a different direction in my vocation in life. So, God had other plans in mind for you, I think. I think so. <laughs> so you dated a little bit in high school, college, and you were all set to become a elementary ed teacher. That was your, your undergrad degree. Uh, but yep. something happened after undergrad that kind of um, gave you a wake-up call. What was that, Father? Yeah, again, in the last couple of years in high school, I got pretty involved in high school youth ministry. And I just think we had some very dynamic youth ministers, a uh, wonderful Bible study leader, and to, uh, today we know him as Deacon Paul Lunsford. Um, and uh, just some priests that crossed my path from the Lafayette Diocese who were very much in love with with the Church and following after Jesus, and they were very dedicated. And so I think some seeds were planted at that time for me to even have that as a consideration. And then after college, I was kind of dead set on, i got to find a teaching job in a Catholic school, and God, I think, you know, he offered that to me. I, I actually was being considered to teach a fourth grade at St. Maria Gretti in Westfield. And around that same time, I was just praying and reading scripture and trying to listen. And I really felt God nudging at my heart to consider the vocation of priesthood and thinking about seminary. So I went on a discernment retreat for about a week with one of my other friends who was also feeling a similar call, and I made that retreat at the Pontifical College Josephinum, and this was in 1999. After that retreat, I felt like I had to look into going to seminary school. <laughs> so you, it was a so, test-your-call type retreat, and you tested mm -hmm. it, and you must have passed the test because you yeah. went on to seminary. Where did you go to seminary? I uh, ended up going to the Pontifical College Josephine in Columbus, Ohio. That's where Father Brian Doerr, the vocation director at the time, had gone. And uh, I I heard, knew of St. Meinrad, but I had made that retreat in Columbus, Ohio, so that's where I ended up deciding to go. And you spent four years there? Uh, actually, I was there for, for six years total, uh, two years for pre-theology and four years for theology. But I did take one year off uh, in between theology and pre-theology and theology. So, and now, what was the reception of your parents at the time? Were they supportive or were they unsupportive? How how were they uh, handling this this decision you were making? Yeah. So my mom um, at the time, my dad wasn't Catholic, uh, so he was very just supportive, just overall for what I'm I was doing. But mom. Uh, she was supportive, but she was a little bit hesitant initially because she had, um, you know, supported me to go to college to study to be a teacher. So in her mind, she's like, aren't you going to even try teaching out? But after I went to seminary, she quickly changed her tune to just being amazing and, and supportive of me. And um, so I was really glad to have, have that support from my parents. 
Well, that's great that you had that support, and uh, you're still a teacher, you know, regardless. You're maybe not teaching uh, elementary ed, but you are teaching a lot of kids, a lot of adults every single day, and we thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome. So uh, do you have a favorite saint, Father? Yeah, um, I joke with my parishioners that um, any saint that I I kind of learn about or come to know about uh, becomes my favorite saint because I see all the saints as my older brothers and sisters, and I really have a difficult time picking a favorite. I certainly have a couple of saints that are favorites because uh, my birthday saint is Saint Maximilian Kolbe. My confirmation saint is Saint Blaise, but you know um, there are a lot of other saints that I've really look up to and consider uh, that I have their support from heaven in my life. I know there are two uh, former military chaplains whose causes for canonization are underway, and one was a Navy chaplain, Father Vincent Capodano, and another was an Army chaplain, Father Emil Capon. So I believe right. those two are some of my favorites. And then another one I more recently learned about is St. Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, uh, who is the Mexican martyr, died at age 14, defending our faith as a a member of the Cristero Army, and um, just another hero in my book of someone who is faithful. And he was was just a teenager, and he was able to live his faith. Well, we don't know the time or the place when we'll be called into that situation, but I hope that if I ever am in that situation, I... Stand up for the faith in the way he did. You show that bravery every single day, being military and a priest. Yeah. When we were talking beforehand, you said that you had a, a permanent change of station. And explain how that works in the military. Okay. Well, how I kind of relate it to is, like, for diocesan priests, um, every so often there'll be a change of assignment where they'll move from one parish to another parish or potentially from a parish situation to another ministry, like in a hospital or at a school. Um, in the military, we move periodically based upon the needs of the Air Force. And so in my time since I started active duty military ministry in 2016, I'm on my fourth duty station. So I've moved from, well, I moved initially from Fishers, Indiana to Japan, then Japan to Colorado, Colorado to Guam, and then Guam to Louisiana. So basically a new assignment means you are taking on some new responsibilities with different units that you'll serve. But of course, being a Catholic priest, every place I've been, I have the common ministry where I would be the lead priest or pastor to a Catholic community. So that's strictly a military decision, and then you use your Catholic vocation as a priest wherever they want to put you, basically. Is that yeah. my understanding yeah. that correctly? Yeah, so there's an assignments office in San Antonio, Texas, that helps with the decisions for where the chaplains go. Mm-hmm. So normally, if you're a chaplain between the rank of lieutenant and lieutenant colonel, um, that's office will be a part of where you're going to go, where you're going to serve. 
Um, when you get to a 06 or a full kernel, um, you're not, uh, you're not, your assignments are more based upon a group of kernels and where they need you versus everyone else. It's kind of like what, what chapels need a, you know, a, a chaplain at. And so for being a Catholic priest, you know, I'm going to be sent where they need a Catholic priest. Sure. So, I get it. And yeah. your church at Barksdale Air Force Base, do you have a actual church building, or is it in a military building that's been uh, repurposed? Yeah, we have two chapels at Barksdale Air Force Base, and I principally am working out of Chapel One, which is a, a little bit older chapel. It's a little more traditional chapel, um, but that's where we have our masses and sacraments and other other some of our other events. Um, and our community is Holy Family Catholic Community, so that's kind of neat that I have uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as kind of our patron saints for our community. Yeah, that is nice. And you have? Uh, do you have a staff there? Do, are there some lay people that help you out with the um, odds and ends of running a Mass? You don't have to do it all by yourself, do you? Yeah, I have volunteer, you know, parishioners that volunteer to help with a lot of things. But I also have two contractors that work with me. So I have one who's a coordinator for religious education, and then I have another contractor who's a coordinator for our Catholic community. So I do have some support, you know, with the Catholic community uh, in the work that I do. And, um, and of course, the, great, the bigger team with, with the chapel staff here at my base, uh, we have, uh, you know, a number, we have six chaplains and four enlisted members who we call our religious affairs airmen. So we have a, a, a good group of uh, military members, and then we have some civilians as well that help. Well, thank you for that explanation, Father. Today we've been interviewing Father Joshua Janko. Um, he is a priest in the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana, but on loan to the military uh, archdiocese for the Military Services USA. Thank you, Father Joshua, for coming in and being available for us on the phone, and we look forward to seeing you soon when you return to uh, Carmel or some somewhere around Indianapolis. Thanks, Gordon. God bless you, Father. Have a great day. Okay. God bless you. Hello, Catholic Radio listeners. My name is Father Joshua Janko from the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. I'm currently serving the Archdiocese for the Military Services and um, over here at Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. And I'm going to just offer a prayer for you all. Um, just this past February 10th, the Church had on the calendar a memorial of St. Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio. He was a Cristero martyr and canonized saint um, in 2016. Here's a little prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Jose, little soldier of Christ, whose last bloody steps brought you to the arms of Our Lady and Our Lord. Keep healthy and strong the steps of Our Lord's soldiers who remain here on earth, so that they may have your strength to endure and persevere to the end. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to a special edition of Faith in Action, entitled Sons of Melchizedek. Join us again next time when we'll feature another priest from the area. If you are interested in having your priest appear on this show, please contact us at Catholic Radio Indy.